Today's episode of the Two-Way Podcast is brought to you in part by Zwick Window Shades and Blinds. Are you tired of staring at a smoggy window or seeing a broken shade that you have no idea how it broke in the first place? It's time to feel like a true winner because at Zwick, you will find the window shades and blinds you deserve. Why settle for the 1970s windows? They're a thing of the past. Try 1990s instead. At Zwick, they'll make your home feel modern, but not too modern. If you need an update, but not too much of one, Zwick is the place to be. Located on Foster Avenue in the North Park neighborhood. Zwick now, not later. two-way podcast as always my name is Andy and I'm not joined by Eddie but this is still two-way I'm, I'm two-waying it up with Marcus Payne on today's episode Marcus give give the listeners a little shout out what's good everyone this is Marcus I want to shout out Joe Brand he's an okay <laughs> basketball player I want to give a shout out to Haley and Andy they expecting and a shout out to Jesus my Lord and Savior amen <laughs> <laughs> uh, no shout out to Eddie because he has trash takes um, but no. At all points in time. He's basically Skip Bayless. <laughs> Eddie is Skip Bayless. You heard it, heard it here first. Yes, as Marcus said, I am expecting our, uh, Haley and I are expecting our first child in August. So uh, we can officially go public with that now since we posted it on Instagram. Um, but the reason, you know, having Marcus on uh, this episode is Marcus is one of the closest people I know that really, uh, you know, the biggest Kobe fan I know. Um, Kobe represents Marcus in many aspects of his life, and uh, Kobe influences, right? He's a Kobe. Kobe is one of those 21st century NBA influence players that has changed the landscape of the game, has changed the landscape of basketball, um, especially for the millennial generation. I mean, turn around, throwing out a, a ball of trash and yelling Kobe, right? Yeah. Or or the Kobe brand, like the, the sneakers was second to MJ and, and Jordan's. Um, if you're wearing a Nike a shoe, uh, it was probably a Kobe shoe. Yep. Yep. Um, and so we want to spend this this time to reflect on the life of Kobe uh, Bryant, who, who passed away now, uh, gosh, like three and a half weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> on uh, January 20... Was it the 26th? Yeah, the twenty sixth. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna reflect a bit of, on Kobe and, and what he brought to the game of basketball, uh, what he brought into to our lives. Um, but before we get into the specifics, uh, let's talk All Star Game because that was the most recent thing that has happened this past weekend in Chicago. Yeah, it was. Um, and Chicago did it right, uh, really bringing um, the the city feel uh, to the game and, and to the branding of basketball. Um, and so, as we, as we saw throughout All-Star Weekend, I mean, Kobe was at the heart and center of yeah. everything that was happening, um, whether it was a moment of silence before the rising stars uh, or people, you know, going nuts for like 24 seconds and cheering um, yeah. uh, to uh, Chance the Rapper, uh, paying tribute in a song to him. Um, you know, 
it, it was just like, and even the game itself, the All-Star game changed, right? <clears throat> like playing to 24. Um, what was, how did you, how much of the All-Star game did you watch and, and what was kind of your, your feel uh, behind it all? Yeah, yeah, I think Sunday was definitely the time that I spent the most attention, like my undivided attention in regards to All-Star weekend. Uh, I, the intensity that was brought from the start, even with Common doing the introductions. Common was know, on fire. Even Common's uh, tribute to, to Kobe, mm. like, set the groundwork for, I feel like, the, the intensity that the game was going to have. And so, for me, it was just amazing to see that right off the bat. Because in a lot of other All-Star games, you sometimes, there's, like, an excitement around it. There's some happiness, but you already know in the first, second quarter, you're not going to get anything besides the no. flashy dunks. But even from the beginning on Sunday and even on Friday, just watching some of the highlights, you could tell that there was expectation at the beginning of the whole weekend. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just because it was also Kobe, but also I think it was because it was Chicago and what Chicago brings and how many stars and how much basketball has been influenced by yeah. Chicago as a whole. Yeah. I mean, this is where Michael Jordan became known. Yeah. And so even seeing that influence of MJ and the different parties that were held, even the shoe drops that were happening this weekend mm. were tons of Air Jordan 1s. And so like it was a basketball weekend in Chicago um, and it just happened to have Kobe at the center of that and I think the intensity was the biggest thing you could feel with Kobe in the yeah. All-Star weekend. <clears throat> Quick shoe blurb I really want the off-white Jordan 5s. Those those just were released, yeah, right? Yeah, Virgil is killing the game oh with his God. shoe. Uh, I think there was a pop-up shop, too, that he started this weekend also. There's a Gucci one if you want to stop by there, too. Jeez, that's that's awesome. above our pay grade. <laughs> yeah, I know, for real. Um, I would say, you know, what Marcus is mentioning, yeah, it's like Chicago is like the hardworking blue-collar city. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of the ghosts of basketball's past, like Ben Wilson and what he brought to the game of basketball, yeah. like in the 80s. I mean, this guy could have been the next big thing, right? Yeah. Um, but paying tribute to, you know, the Chicago streets, it's like it's tough. Like you have to, you got to hustle yeah. uh, to, in order to, to really make it. Um, I mean, people are, were saying like, you know, I don't, like chance, like I, I, I passed out, you know, mixtapes, like free mixtapes, like every other week or whatever, just to kind of like get who I am out. Um, but it's also like this narrative of like, you don't have to be a basketball player or a rapper to make it out, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you saw that play out in, in a lot of the charities, right, that yeah. were played on the All-Star Game, the Chicago Scholars, After School Matters, um, and what they're trying to do with trying to um, provide opportunities for Chicago youth to really... Um, go to college, get an education, yeah. um, expand your Influencing change on all levels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and, and Kobe, like what, and Kobe was that standard, right? Yeah. Like he, he brought a whole new brand of leadership mm-hmm. that the NBA has never saw before. Like he was Jordan in a sense of a leadership standpoint. Like he, he wasn't afraid to chew guys out, but then explain why he was doing yeah, it. Yeah, Jordan yeah. was, Jordan would be like, it's my way or the highway. Yeah, Jordan like, was just a dick. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe was, was going to be a dick, but I'm going to teach you at the he same gonna time. He was going to teach you. Right. <laughs> there was a teaching aspect to it. And you saw how hard this guy worked. Yeah. I mean, like it was, and I think what, what you're alluding to, like, you know, especially in this All-Star game, that fourth quarter when there was, um, you know, no time, and you, and you saw everyone just give everything they had they were playing for Kobe. Mm-hmm. They were playing for Kobe. They were playing for the kids who are trying to, you know, find, uh, you know, a future. They're playing for, you know, it, I, I just, Chicago. They're playing for the city, right, and, and what it stands for. So there was just so many 
aspects to this All-Star weekend that just made it fun and made it entertaining. Um, let's maybe start backwards here. So the All-Star game itself Sunday was probably one of the best All-Star games we've seen. Clearly, they, they changed the landscape of it. The first three periods uh, was timed, mini games, playing for charity. Each uh, Whoever won between Team Giannis, Team LeBron would get, uh, you know, their team would donate $100,000 to that charity. Um, and then the total added score uh, would be added at the end, plus 24. And uh, they would have to play to that, that target number. Um, did you watch the All-Star game? And, and yeah, like what was... Uh, how did you feel like the new format went and would this be something that you would want to see in the future? Yeah, I think uh, I appreciate the new format. Um, to be nitpicky, I would be interested to see why they chose those organizations um, and what their process was. Because um, I think the NBA having all the money that they have, I think there's some smaller on the ground organizations yeah. they could have potentially poured into. Uh, but that I don't want to take anything away from um, the two organizations that did receive mm-hmm. the funding. But uh, if we're going to start pouring into the community, let's make sure we're pouring into the community and giving resources to people who don't have those resources. Right. Um, from what I understand, the organizations that they give give resources to are pretty well funded organizations. Right. And so how are we looking out for others? But I like that that was a start. Uh, I like the format a lot. I think we should, uh, the format should change to maybe having that 24 point system even after halftime. Like yeah. the first two quarters, you have it go to 1,000, and then after that, you're battling for two Gs, making it to 24. Just take, I think they should just overall change it to a pickup game model. Hmm. For the first half, you do the cute, uh, easygoing fundraising, because if you watch it, it seemed like they were kind of set on splitting the two halves. Right. Um, yeah. That seems to be how they play. They want to make sure each organization got some money. Um, and then the third quarter happened to be a tie, and the fourth quarter ended up that intensity. Let's just pick that up right immediately yeah. Yeah. In, the, in the second half. Yeah. Um, and even so much so, I would even like to see it, man, why don't they have an international team step up? You know what I'm saying? And let's, let's move it there, because if we're talking about um, if it's for honoring Kobe, Kobe was international. Yeah. Like, he was a global sensation. Um, and so looking at how we can help influence and push those other international stars we, who are dope. We, we do this whole Team Giannis, Team LeBron. I mean, they try and make it part of the fans. Like, the, the more votes that one person has, you're the team captain, you're the team, whatever. But they, they should really start, like you mentioned, like, Team Team World versus Team USA. Mm-hmm. They do that with the Rising Stars. But, like, you could have a team of Giannis, Jokic, mm-hmm. uh, Siakam. Yep. Uh, I... There was way more than that. Um, Ooh, I, uh, I hate when I'm on the spot. You got Bog- Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's a decent Sabonis team. could be one. Sabonis is another good uh, one for sure. Porzingis when he gets healthy. <laughs> I mean, it's just like you, you've you branded the game. Like I mean, this is credit to David Stern and what he was accomplished as commissioner, but like kind of expanding the game globally. Like you could really realistically do an all-star game every year and have a team world team USA. And look at the fact that they're even starting a league in Africa. Like there's going to be an African league. How can you integrate them into all-star weekend and even implement that same philosophy to the rising dreamers game? Why don't they do that same point format for those games? Those games are just as well attended as the all-star game is. You can get just as much funding for that. And so I feel like that format will help intensity throughout. And so if they're playing for money already for organizations, Team World, Team USA with those rising dreamers or rising stars, let's just do it the whole way forward. Yeah. Let's just across the board have that intensity going. What if they what if they mix it up where like the first like instead of doing three 12 minute quarters of like playing for charity type of thing, like what if with a running clock and all that, like what if they did like, you know, 
Um, because I, it felt a little long. It felt mm. the All Star game felt long. Like yeah. it started at seven thirty, got done at like a little after ten thirty. I guess three hours. I mean, figured the halftime shows a little longer typically, but that's a long time. I, I mean, think it was because the field the first and second quarter was just lollygagging around. And so the game wasn't that entertaining, but I feel like as soon as it picked up second half, that's why I think the intensity should be all the way throughout. Because, well, what, yeah, like, let's let's do, like, two two periods, 12-minute 12, 12 quarters, whatever. That's it. Mm. Or maybe you maybe do, like, 15-minute quarters, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And then you go to halftime, and then when they come out of halftime, that's when, like, the, the, the shot clock, or not the shot clock, but the time just stops, mm. right? And you're playing to this certain number, and guys are going all out. Maybe they need like a, a period to warm up and get their legs under them, but I feel like we don't need a that third quarter that dragged on. Like I was yeah. just waiting. I was waiting to just like okay, what's gonna happen in this this fourth period? But maybe you should only do the first two periods and the last period is up to the twenty four point area. Yeah, exactly. Quicker game. That's what they want the game to go anyway. The third quarter did seem like a drag until the last two minutes, uh, yeah. when they were really fighting for that money and fighting for those points. But by but, that point, it was. They did, they did a perfect job, though, like, let's be honest. Like, taking it to where the game was without playing a, a regular basketball game that didn't really even matter. Right? Listen, like, it was just a super exciting All-Star weekend. I don't know if it's simply because we're just living in Chicago and so we could get the feel and we love the city. But even looking from it, like, from what other people are saying on social media, they loved it. Was the uh, slam dunk contest ripped? Yes. I think Aaron Gordon was robbed for the second time. I think too often they give it to guards. Hmm. Um, and I, I don't remember who's the last big man to win it besides Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dwight Howard was the last big who's won the dunk contest. All right, his life. dunks were trash. Oh, my gosh. The two basket one. <laughs> How did he that? get a 50 on that second one where he, like, where, uh, I don't know who lobbed it behind the uh, backboard, but he just basically slammed it. Oh, the one, the Kobe tribute one? Yeah. That one was not good. No. It was not. But they, they, only gave, they gave him a 50 because he put Kobe. He had the... the, the I mean, the, the conspiracy is that, you know, Dwayne Wade gave Gordon a nine. But he wasn't the only nine. I mean, I, I think uh, um, Scotty gave him a nine. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chadwick Boseman, he was there. Okay. He, he gave, gave him a nine. So Dwayne's like, okay, I'm not the only nine here. I'm not just trying to, like, make the Miami Heat guy win, but, like... I think it is bias having. If, if you if you played for the team, you should be voting for. Here's who the slam dunk contest, like the judges should have been: Jordan, Wilkins, mm. Clyde Drexler. Put guys that actually know how to dunk. Sean Kemp. Like Scottie Pippen probably had two amazing big dunks in his career. He had that one on Patrick Ewing. Yes, that was it. That was it. Right, exactly. Like, what does he know about dunking? That was it. Uh, Chadwick Boseman didn't even want to be there. You saw him. He just, like, put his head down. He's like, why am I in Chicago? It's, like, 30 degrees out. I could be doing... He, it didn't even look like he was a basketball fan. He doesn't look like a basketball fan. There was no excitement with it. Michael B. Jordan, they should have brought him in. He was doing all these tributes for Kobe using a voiceover for that. Candace Parker was a good WNBA player because she could dunk. But, like, I don't know. I felt like the judges, it could have been a lot better. Bring a Lisa Leslie. I'd rather have a Lisa Leslie over a Candace Parker. I don't know. It, Original dunker right there. Aaron Gordon should have won. Derek Jones Jr. kept doing these behind or between the leg dunks, and we look. It's like, didn't I see that like two or three times already? Somebody named Zach Levine <laughs> does those dunks all the time. I don't want to be biased, but Zach Levine deserved to win that year against Aaron Gordon. That windmill from the from the free throw line. I don't know the under the legs over the mascot. Oh yeah, but that was. And remember, he's a big man too. Like big men aren't supposed to be. I like the power. 
afterwards. Zach Levine had like the finesse and rise. He's a think, leaper. Yeah. I think I think the power says a lot. And Aaron Gordon's a strong dude. Yeah. Like you hear it after he dunks. I would be excited to see Zion Williams in the dunk contest in the next couple I mean, of years. There's a difference between oh Zion would be dope, man. Zion, John Morant, <laughs> Zach Levine, and Aaron Gordon. That, that would, would be, be a crazy dunk contest. But I mean, there's a difference between jumpers and leapers. Aaron Gordon's a jumper; mm-hmm. like he can get up high. Like a standing dunk could be yep. really high. Like he can. But Zach Levine needs to like run ten steps. Yeah, he needs a running start. Off. He's like track. He's like a long. Yes, exactly. Track. That's exactly. Um, so a style of different dunks. Pe- some people really like that leap type of jump dunk. Like I can. Like Jordan was a leaper, I right? I can fly. Like the <laughs> the famous but, Air Jordan logo. I mean, I think yeah. To your point, like Aaron Gordon, man, like the f- <laughs> dude. Is, so creative too that that windmill that one that uh, one handed windmill too, that windmill. What am I talking about? It was like the helicopter one, mm-hmm. the three sixty spin in the Isn't air. The windmills go three sixty though. I guess the windmill. I feel like bring the it down. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But nah, the Aaron Gordon is a powerful dunker. Derrick Jones was cool. Um, he's a he got a, a shoe deal after that actually too. Puma signed him. Which one, Aaron Gordon? No, Derrick Jones Jr. I can see that. Puma signed them right afterwards, which is interesting. They all, side note, they have a shoe coming out with J. Cole, so if you like Puma shoes. Puma's trash. <laughs> Why has Marvin Bagley been injured for two straight years? <laughs> he signed with Puma right like before the draft. and then well, it's well, like so he hasn't, year. Marvin Bagley's played like 20 NBA games. I forgot he was in the league. Who right? do play for right now? The Kings? For, oh, well, that's one of the reasons. The Kings are trash, but also just the fact that he wears Pumas. It's weird, <laughs> man. Pumas? Terry Rozier, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. They all suck. It's not as bad as uh, who's the other buddy from the Suns? Light skinned cat with the headband. Oh, Ubre. Ubre. He's with Converse. Converse. That's yeah. even worse than being with Puma. You think so? Yes. Converse is like Jerry West time. Like if you. But go, Dwayne Wade brought it back though. Like, for, and he left immediately. Then he went to Georgia. <laughs> then he went to Li Ning. You know he did. He did get injured a lot. I feel like in those Converse, but. Um, They're not good for your knees or your ankles. They're just not good basketball. You shoes. feel like they would evolve, though, right? Like, well, they the, made them a little bit more thicker around the ankles, but I just never think of Converse being a basketball shoe. Cream Biggums had them on for the celebrity game. When Steph went to Under Armour, that was game changer because they're really surprising. They're yeah, I mean, they to get Steph Curry. I think they got Joel Embiid now too. Yeah, yeah. So he might he's supposed to be coming out with a shoe soon. Yeah. But I'm excited to see Doncic shoot with uh, the Jordan brand. Yeah, he finally, he, he finally signed. Yeah, I'm surprised he signed with Jordan though. Jordan hasn't had a good player like that sign with him in a while. You know, I was I was thinking about uh, generations in the NBA. I'm I'm just thinking of like MJ versus versus Bri- Kobe Bryant, and they're like about 15 years yep. difference. And I'm like, what is LeBron like? Who's LeBron's generation of like when you're talking Kobe, MJ? I feel like it's. Yeah, LeBron and Doncic, right? Mm. Like, Doncic is 19, Kobe or LeBron's 35, so it's like that 14, 15-year age gap. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's kind of like, like, that's this, these, these, like, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, these really young guys, Jason Tatum. Yeah. Like, these, this is that Kobe Bryant generation, yeah. and LeBron's like the MJ, right? Like, yeah. this is how the game is shifting. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, crazy to think about just um how the game continues to evolve and, and who's kind of taking on that influence and we saw with Kobe as we kind of shipped into the more Kobe talk like it's man it's uh I think everyone's still stunned to be honest like mm-hmm. it's it's has it sit in for you 
No, it's it's weird because uh, you see like cats like MJ, Magic, Jerry West, and you're thinking to Dr. yourself, Doctor J. You're thinking Bill to yourself, Russell. They're supposed to be like Kobe's supposed to be at their funerals. Bill Russell, like the like those are people's funerals. He was supposed to be at. He's supposed to be sitting around. I remember when it first happened. And on NBA, um, the channel, Brian Shaw was talking mm-hmm. about it. And how Brian Shaw, he just mentioned, he was just like, we're supposed to be sitting around retired with our grandkids mm-hmm. talking about our basketball days. Yeah. I think they can't do that anymore. Um, and I think for me, that's just been the hardest part because you still feel Kobe so much. Because it's me, I pay attention to the shoes. Just imagine how many players, just how many players have Kobe's on right now yeah. in the league at yeah. all points in time. Like, you, you just feel that at a point in time. And so... I think the disbelief, you know Kobe would have been at the All-Star game. Oh, yeah. You know he would have loved everything about that intensity. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it, and it, was just, it was just hard to see that and to understand. I don't know if you watched Kawhi's interview afterwards. Mm-hmm. He mentioned mm-hmm. how he, uh, his after his first All-Star game, like Kobe asked him how many shots he took. And Kobe basically told him he didn't take enough shots. Kobe took like 49 yeah. and Kawhi took like 17. And right, so the right. reason why Kawhi was playing so hard this game was because he wanted to honor Kobe in that way. And so even though Kobe has passed away, like you feel him throughout the game so much. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's just hard because he was just scratching the surface with how much influence he like what he was working on you oh know? dude i mean it's like you 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 see Kawhi accepting the uh mvp award at the all-star game and and you know kobe has worked with Kawhi, uh but you look in the background and you see all these players like jason tatum and kobe were close like they would work out together yeah. uh Giannis, trey young Giannis. i mean Giannis was it i mean he would constantly get um advice from kobe yeah, bryant and mentor i mean it, it's like and, and it was interesting, and I can only imagine how much Giannis, because he would do, like, solo workouts with him over the summer. He mm-hmm. would just distance himself mm-hmm. for everybody. He didn't work out, want to work out with LeBron. He mm-hmm. wanted to work out with KD. He would go in the summer and go work out with Kobe. Just, like, that's hard. Yeah. To, and you dedicate yourself to working out with this one person, and they're just no longer there. Right. Like, I don't know. What about you? How you been feeling about it, processing it? You know, it's, yeah, it's, I feel like, the more I'm kind of set, like as it's sitting in now, it's like the words that come to mind is like he's, he left a blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a, a huge, it's like a fossil, right? Like you see Kobe has is, 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 is put his foot on, on earth and it, that's going to be there forever. You yeah. know, like he's, he's the, the, his impact, uh, especially on this generation of players, it's going to be felt for the next 20, 30 years. I mean, if you think about Guys still, like, talk about MJ. And MJ is, like, 30 years removed yeah. from the NBA. Yeah. Like, um, maybe 20 years. But, like, it's it's just crazy to think that, like, even a Luka Doncic when he becomes... I'm just picking on Luka. But, like, when he becomes 35, 36, there's, st- like, those type of players mm. are still going to be impacted from who Kobe was. Yeah. Because um, that's who... I mean, his just his immediate just like connection to current NBA guys was uh, like he basketball was his life. He he constantly was focused on how do we improve the game? How do I as an ambassador of the league like continue to work with these young guys and teach them what it means to to have that grit, have that work ethic. And I think that's something that sets him apart from MJ because that's something I don't feel like MJ gave back to players as much as Kobe did afterwards. No, um, and MJ so just. He left. He 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 removed himself from the NBA for mm-hmm. years, and he 
he really just like distanced himself and then he finally got ownership of the Hornets but like or the Bobcats at the time but like I don't know it it, it doesn't seem the same because I think Kobe set a huge precedent of just like what it means to to teach and still lead after you've got yours. Um, and I think and I don't have a problem with the fact that he waited until you retired to do those things because I like the fact that he focused on basketball so much. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of giving back to your community so hard after you've gotten yours. Like he wasn't just giving back to players, but he was a family man. Like he was spending intentional time with his daughters and his mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was intentional, and mm-hmm. I think for me. Um, that's one of the things that I've, I take from from mm-hmm. just watching Kobe from afar is how intentional he was to everything that he did. Mm-hmm. He had intention and yeah. purpose with it all. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just what I appreciated that. And even playing like pickup basketball, like I even want to have as much intention as I'm, if I'm playing a real game. The same thing with work. Like I want to be intentional with my job, intentional with my students, intentional with my colleagues. Like that intention out of anything was what well, made that's, point of me. That's why he had a he had a streaming thing on ESPN Plus called Detail, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure he spoke into like ninety percent of that show, maybe all of it. <laughs> you know, like how do I dissect everything? How do I put everything at my 100% focus and intentionality towards something, right? Um, mama mentality, yeah. right? That's kind of what we're getting at. Uh, purpose. And I think Kobe's legacy just, just shows us, like, when you find your purpose, follow it and follow it hard. Yeah. And don't let anyone else speak against your purpose because Kobe wasn't letting anyone speak against him thinking he was the greatest player. Yeah. He thought that as soon as he got into yeah. a league <laughs> coming out of high school. And so I think even that blueprint of just being confident with any talents that you already yeah. have and just run with that, like Kobe's a yeah. model for that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important for generations to come just to follow that that type of mentality of just like, I'm going to go hard in the paint because I know who I is. Yeah. yeah. And then to be in a position in life where you can just say, I know who I is and I don't give a fuck what anybody else says about that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I love Kobe so much because he didn't care what other people thought. Yeah. And he was still going to move and improve. And when people had nitpicky things, he was going to improve those things so they couldn't say shit to him about it. Yeah. That's what I want to be. Yeah. You can't say nothing to me. Mm. And that's the type of mentality that I want to have. With grace yeah. and humility, of course, but also just a desire and purpose to move forward and go hard. He, yeah. And um, I think that's the impact that he's left, right? Like he, he's touching current NBA players, past NBA players, basketball world internationally in Europe. Uh, even soccer players, right, like in Europe are like, like, uh, what's his name? Neymar, Neymar right? Yep. Like, right after it happened, like... Tennis he, players, like the Dahl and Federer were shook. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> Golf. I mean, all across all sports. Yeah. Um, and then even just like average Joes, right? Um, people, you know, just fans of the game, fans of basketball, fans of Kobe. It's crazy. Like, there was Kobe fans, there's Lakers fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's like that, that Kobe support where it's like the Lakers can do all this stuff, but we're going to support Kobe no matter yeah. what. And I think that's kind of like when people started to fall in love with specific players. Yeah. Like I'm a fan of Kobe. I'm a fan of Kevin Durant. I'm a fan. I don't care what team they play for. I'm a fan of that person. Yeah. Right. Like Kobe obviously stayed with one team his whole career, but like he was the first guy I feel like, cause people, I mean, during the MJ years, I mean, people like. Sure, they were fans of MJ, but like they they still had their team, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were. I'm, I'm a Knicks fan. Like I'm a you know I'm a, I'm Celtics, a Celtics fan. fan. Like I'm I hate MJ, but I I you know respect him. But like Kobe was like that guy where it's like, nah, bro, like Kobe. Kobe Lakers can do their own thing. 
Kobe's going to do this. I'm, I'm supporting Kobe in this. And so... Um, and that's even crazy because even when LeBron was going to the Lakers, it's like he had to get Kobe's approval. It wasn't even the approval of his Lakers fan. It was the approval of a person. Like, Kobe was L.A. Think, think about how many Bulls fans there would have been in L.A. had he gone to the Bulls in like 2006 yes, or seven. Because crazy. He said, he said on the Bill Simmons podcast uh, a couple of years ago that he was, he was going to go to the Bulls. Like, mm-hmm. Chicago was his destination if, if it wasn't going to work out in L.A., and, you know, like, I remember that. Like, I remember being, like, a freshman in high school or eighth grader, and I was yep. just like, yo, we might get Kobe. Like, there all these rumors. Oh, my gosh. The Bulls were trash. Bulls were trash. The ba- it was kind of near the end of the baby Bulls, right? Yep. It was before the, the Joe Kim Noah, Derrick Rose era, but it was just like, yo, like, we could, if we could get rid of Luau Deng and Ben Gordon for this guy, maybe unload Kirk Heinrich. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's like Kobe's still in his prime. Yep. Like, he can, he can recruit players. Mm-hmm. Chicago's one of those big markets. Uh, but obviously we're Packs done LA. Ruined it though. <laughs> and speaking of which, yeah, the Gar Packs thing, the Fire Gar Packs rumors are heating up because the Bulls are looking into finally uh, they use the All Star break as kind of a, a time to really reassess. It, it takes it takes having the All Star game in Chicago, I guess, just to realize just how. Should have reassessed five years ago. <laughs> how twenty nine other NBA teams feel about the Bulls and how I think the, or- the Hornets are more organized. The Suns, which are a track organization, <laughs> oh are more organized than the Chicago Bulls. Um, without a doubt. Yeah. So you have to hit rock bottom in order for life to really kind of bloom itself up again. <laughs> so the Bulls have probably hit rock bottom. Maybe they've hit it, but anyways. Um, Let's talk about a little more um, about the, the human level of this Kobe thing. I mean, obviously, his daughter was in the plane crash. Um, so Vanessa, his wife, lost a husband, lost a daughter. Um, it wasn't just Kobe's family, but other families involved in the horrific uh, accident. And it, it goes to show, like, you know, when it initially happened, when I heard the news and I was, like, in shock and I couldn't believe it, it's like, this life is just so fragile. And in a blink of an eye, like, someone can be gone mm-hmm. and, and your life can change. You could be gone, right? Like... There's no guarantee that life is going to come at you tomorrow, even though that's how we think. Uh, we, we vision, we plan, we, we expect to live X amount of years. Yeah. But like the reality is one freak accident could change everything, whether you're close to that person or whether it's you yourself. And um, how, what's your reaction towards that? I mean, you're married, yeah. you have you know, Miranda, and like if something were to happen to her like or a close family member in your family, like... I don't know. No, that's, that's a real question. Because um, literally um, a couple weeks ago, uh, like after, like a week after the death of Kobe, which I was shook for, it was the birthday of two people who I was close to who passed away. Uh, my Aunt Crystal, who died uh, when I was in high school from cancer. She had it in the spine. And then my big bro, Jamel, who was killed by police a couple of years ago, their birthdays were in the same week, but both of them passed, were passed away. And so for me, one of the days I was at work, I definitely had to sit in my car for a little while and just process the fact of like just so much death. And what was hard for me is I didn't have any pictures like in my phone of me and them. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like honoring people now has been so in the forefront of my mind um, just because of all the death I've experienced personally, Mm -hmm. but then just how the fact of with Kobe dying and the impact that he had and even more so people that I knew the impact they had on me, it's like I gotta, I have to track that. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, it's just pushed me to want to value time I have with people a lot more. Like, just little stuff, like just taking pictures with people yeah. is, has been on the forefront of my mind because I just realized how many people who've passed away in my life who I've loved dearly, I've got pictures with them. Uh, and that's the hard this, thing. This is racialized too because I feel like, you know, white people tend to be in a place of, there's privilege there where like, 
if someone died, it's either because they're sick or mm. there was suicide or there was something causing the death. Um, and I, I feel like in, in this day and age, like specifically people who are affected in under-resourced communities where there's not that opportunity, um, I feel like, uh, you know, black and brown people run into situations like you know, with when we talk about police brutality, yeah. right? And your friend, mm-hmm. who uh, was a um, he was a bouncer, right? Or he was like a security, security officer, officer. Yeah. He security. and he was trying to stop the incident, and then you know, boom, gets shot by a white police officer, and you know, like that sort of like, or you know, you're driving and you get pulled over mm-hmm. by a police officer, and it's like, I don't even know if like I'd like to stay in my car. He's I don't know if he's going to like make me, like, you don't know. Like yeah. you, you see all, you see all like what happens in the, in this last decade and, and decades before. It's just like, it's a heightened anxiety. And I can say from just like other black men I've spoken to like this Kobe death has shook them. Cause they're just like, they saw Kobe as like an idol. Someone they looked up to someone as untouchable. Mm-hmm. And the fact that even him could be just taken away at like a freak accident, mm-hmm. like really had people think about mortality a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I know a few cats who have daughters who have sons and they were just shook with how hard it was mm-hmm. just to realize that at any point in time, like you can die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even on the lower ground, how easy it is or the statistical that is black and brown people, we do die sooner. And so just, just, I don't know, this whole thing has got me thinking about death and valuing time with people mm-hmm. um, and caring for others and making sure people know that I love them um, yeah. because you just never know. Right. You just never know. And yeah. that, that's even heightened for those who are in underrepresented communities. You just mm-hmm. never know when something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like a hard reality. And mm-hmm. I think globally, like people should always be thinking about those things. And I, there, there were some arguments of people saying that we probably talked too much about Kobe. That's because you weren't a fan. But mm-hmm. like, it just got you thinking about death in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Like this was the first celebrity that's passed away that I like had an emotional response yeah. to them dying. Yeah. Which was weird and seemed weird. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I, uh, I think Rachel Nichols said it, or one of the ESPN analysts is just like, you let this man like Kobe into your living room, into your family. And like, that's impactful. Like mm-hmm. he was, that was something I looked up to. Mm-hmm. That was, we were watching games. I remember the Celtics Lakers finals. Those, those back-to-back finals yeah. were some of the favorite things I loved to watch with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just thinking back to those moments of just valuing time with family. Yeah. And Kobe was there too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's important, you know? You, yeah. That's something I feel like you can't push away because those memories are what's going to keep us going and keep bringing people together. Yeah. He's, on, he's on the TV. Yeah, he's, you know you feel like he was in the presence of your living room and mm-hmm. in, in the common space. And T-Max said something really interesting too right after it happened. You know, he was saying that like he had a conversation with Kobe in like the early 2000s and he was, Kobe was telling T-Mac like, yeah, like, you know, I, I always thought I was going to die young. You know, like I, he, Kobe thought like, you know, he wasn't going to live a long life. And he was telling T-Mac that at that time. And it was just, but then like, you know, you, you see just, the influence he's had on his daughters. I mean, how he became more of a family guy even after basketball. I mean, basketball, I mean, people say it's an easy job, but, like, it's it's really not. It's very demanding. Uh, you have to have incredible discipline. That's why some guys make it and some guys don't. Um, some guys are take the initiative and some guys just, you know, play for, like, Dwight Howard, for example. Just Andrew Wiggins. Wanna, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> um, and so... 
uh, forgot where I was going with that point, but um, it's not hard to be. It's hard to be a basketball player. Yeah, it takes focus. It takes focus. It takes dedication. And um, it takes sacrifice. Yeah. So I, I just think, um, man, it's it's crazy, man. Um, and what kind of as we as we go out here, like. How is how is your? I mean, you, you talk a little bit about how you you know you're you're valuing people, you're you're telling people you love them, and you're and there's that human piece. Um, but how now that you know Kobe's passed and 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 things feel a little different, but then you still feel like he's here with us. How how do you feel like your life is going to be impacted from here on out uh, through this? Yeah, I think first and foremost, uh, just wanted to make sure I give honor where honor is due. Um, I think too often in life we don't we don't appreciate people when they're here, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just been like personally a consistent thing I've seen throughout my life, and the fact that this thing is so heightened and you see it all the time like you can't you still can't scroll past social media anything no. without seeing Kobe's name, yeah. and even that reminder just makes you just for me personally just says honor people now, um, and I think furthermore uh, it makes me consider how hard I push in my job and my career. Mm. Um, I think for me like being a young professional and I'm sure you understand this. We got to start making decisions for like what we want our age 30 to look like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so kind of this idea of being intentional about next steps, mm-hmm. processing and making sure I have details for those next mm-hmm. steps uh, are just two things that I think I'm going to really be be intentional about. is being intentional about life, yeah. plotting out trajectory, but then also honoring and caring for people now. Mm. How about you? I think, yeah, I think stemming from that, just having intentionality behind the things that I do. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned being, you know, great detail, being a good communicator. I mean, I, I think there's areas in my life where I can like put forth more effort towards something instead of going through the motions. And so I feel like Kobe was kind of like that model, right? Like I, I'm a basketball fan. I watch basketball a ton. You could see that play out on the court, unlike any other player. And, uh, I feel like kind of thinking about who he was was it's something that like I, I would love to continue to challenge myself in, in ways because he always got better like he he didn't see uh you know a low point become a low point like he he wanted to take that low point and become like this could be a championship team yeah. like even till you retired right yeah. um pushing the young guys like D'Angelo Russell in his first year Brandon Ingram um, well, Brandon, yeah, Brandon Ingram was like his first he year. Was his first year, or maybe his second. Yeah, but like that team was really young, and he would like you know he Larry would Nance wouldn't take no for an answer. He would still push them really hard, and so like that's his drive is is kind of what's fueling me in my everyday life. Yeah. Um, and you know sometimes he shows up in um, you know sermons. Sometimes he shows up in. Uh, like devotions, yeah. Joel Brand has a devotional. Kobe Bryant, I don't know how, but <laughs> of course, uh, Joel Brand has a devotional. <laughs> Kobe Bryant, <laughs> he did it at camp. Um, he pulled it out of the book of basketball, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Maybe that's what I'll teach my kids on Thursday. I use a Kobe mentality sermon. You could, like, you could definitely. Thursday. It's yeah. not hard. No, it's not hard at all. Um, any other last Kobe thoughts? No, nah, I just I, I wish that Nike would release all the unreleased shoes they haven't released because there's none anywhere. I know Nike somewhere has a factory full of Kobe's, <laughs> and so I'm just waiting for the next release of they, those. Yeah, they all went out of biz, uh, sold out after his death. And so that's been my frustration because I really wanted to buy a pair. And then I'm mad at myself for not buying a pair before he passed away. 
And so now I, I will never pass up on a pair of shoes again because I don't know when the next person's going to pass away and all those shoes sell out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some quick NBA uh, news and notes before uh, we let you go. Um, <laughs> Kyrie Irving was named uh, VP of Players Union. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, the most antisocial player. <laughs> well, the most like out outcasted out like just out there player. Isolated, sad man is going to be representing the players union. <laughs> like what? What does the NBA do? Like who agrees on this? The players? Who did you replace? Must be the players. Chris Paul, maybe? No. No, there's another player. I think I don't think Chris Paul has stepped down because I think he's the president of the players. Oh, Pogasol. You replace Pogasol. There has to be someone else. Why Kyrie though? He throws. He's not a good teammate. That's like making Kevin Durant a uh, communications expert. That's like oh just my gosh. On Twitter. This is crazy. Anyways, it's a joke. So I, I at least just want to get that in there. Um, I don't know. So no basketball until Thursday. We're kind of in this lull. Uh, 20-something games left. Um, kind of the Western Conference is pretty wide open. People are talking about the Clippers having the deepest team. Uh, some executives think no way the Lakers can beat them based on depth. Uh, they're really riding LeBron at 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not getting a ton of rest like uh, George and um, Kawhi are getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the East, I mean, you basically see the Bucks up there as a Tier 1, and then the Right below them, maybe like the Celtics and Heat, and maybe below them is the uh, Raptors. Well, Raptors, I, I would Raptors say. Raptors are on a 17-game winning streak. Yeah, Raptors are kind of with the, the Bucks. And, yeah. and, and I think just based on the fact that they won the championship last year and that they were on this high-game winning streak, they have to be like a Tier 1B. Yeah. And then everyone else is under the Bucks and Raptors. Um, Imagine if Kawhi stayed in Toronto. I don't know why he left, honestly. I think he would have a better chance of getting a ring in the East. Yeah, but okay, he's a contender in the West. He wanted to be in L.A., so he made it work. Gee, the, the president of Canada would have given him the keys <laughs> to the city if he won another championship. Well, he's he's from San Diego, right, or yeah. L.A. area. Yeah, he went to San Diego State, and so like... Or I think he's from Compton, actually. California is his home, you know. Um. So who's, who's your... Cha- who's your before we get to the championship finals, I want to. What's your Western Conference, Eastern Conference teams right now? Finals. Honestly, no one else is competing with the Bucks to me besides the Raptors. I'm really disappointed in the Sixers. Just their inconsistency. Suck, I Don't just start they're just inconsistent. I'm. I wanted to see more from Tobias Harris this year. Um, I yeah, think I wanted him to take like a more like a five point leap, maybe yeah. averaging twenty five eight and eight. I think would have been a good yeah, number for him for a step up, but he's been consistently. Who he is, yeah, and I don't think that's what is matching. Some of it's a buddy heel. He's a durable player, but he's nothing more than maybe a fourth option on a championship. He's not going to win you a championship. No, to say the least. absolutely not. And so I was just disappointed in that. Um, disappointed in the Trailblazers this season. Like, there's no reason yeah. they should be under five hundred. The big man hurt. I mean, it's, it's making me really rethink Damian what? Lillard's leadership capabilities. Uh, well, they they lost Vanderpool, David Vanderpool, uh, who basically is credited as influencing Damian Lillard mm-hmm. throughout his time in Portland and is now with the Timberwolves. That's a guy that I would love the Bulls to look into mm-hmm. getting a head coaching job for David Vanderpool. Ton of respect amongst players in the NBA. It's not like anyone respects Jim Boylan. Like that dude's dude's a clown. He's an AAU coach. <laughs> um, he makes guys run suicides at practice, right? What like grown, makes push-ups. What grown man is running suicides. Um, so I think that has an influence. I think Nurkic is a valuable asset because that guy was putting up five blocks, five steals, five rebounds. Mm-hmm. 
Like, there were some games that he had, like, the 10-5, the, like, the 5-5 and five yeah. game. Like, insane. Very consistent. Whiteside is a, is a good stats, bad team guy. Mm-hmm. He's just not a winning basketball player. The box score might look good, but, like, he's ineffective. He doesn't have a drive. And I just think that that's, that's also showing up. But I think Vanderpool and the big problem. I don't think CJ McCollum's having the best year. Like, if you look through some of his stat no. lines, taking too many shots. Melo had a good first two weeks. You ain't heard Melo's name since then. <laughs> Anthony Simons, I got to play him a little bit more, too. Rodney um, Hood got injured, so that made it hard for them, too. Yeah, Rodney was trash. Hey, but he gives them 12 points that they don't have. And a lot of their <laughs> games have been 5 to so 10 what? points. So what? Cristiano Felicio can give the Bulls 10, game, 10 points if they don't, what they don't have, right? Like, whatever. Um, so who, who's your Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals teams? I'm going Bucks Clippers. Okay. And then who do you have in the Conference Finals, though? I'm going to say... Because I have Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, Heat currently. But it's tough. Boston is right there, too. Boston is right there. I, I It's really, going to be really good, man. I like how Jason Tatum is playing right now. Oh, he's... But I think it will be a f- six to five game series if it's Bucks Celtics. I don't think it will go seven. I mean, I think Milwaukee has too much of the length, too much of the height. To, Giannis is pissed. But think about it, man. Think about it. Number one option is Jason Tatum. 1B is Kemba Walker. Option two is Jalen Brown. Option three is Gordon Hayward. That's pretty good. I mean, yes. But defensively, I mean, they're doing... And I don't think they have shooters either. And so they got, like, Jason Tatum is a scorer. Right. Jalen Brown can score. Gordon Hayward every now and then can score. But he's, like, their who, fourth guy, but right? who's shooting once they're getting into the paint? Because the, the Bucks have that length and they have right. that quickness of right. defense. you got to be able to shoot when you kick it out. I don't think the Celtics have enough shooting. Right. And because Giannis is a superstar, I, I think a superstar will overtake. Yeah. Um, the Lakers-Clippers are who I have in the West. And I'm I'm in between because I haven't seen enough from Paul George and Kawhi mm-hmm. working well together. Mm-hmm. I feel like when they've played together, it has not looked good. Yeah. And so, But I think because of youth and Kawhi's dominance because I think he will push LeBron pretty hard mm-hmm. and I think he might win, win out especially because he's getting rest yeah and so like LeBron and AD have been scoring more than like 50 per- like they, they have their hands too much for the Lakers yeah one of those guys get hurt it's last year all over again for LA because Kuzma's been a disappointment Alex Caruso is their best <laughs> deck score option. He's their, he's their white mamba, right? Dwight Howard, he's been doing okay, but he's not Dwight Howard from Magic. Dwight oh Howard Dwight from the Magic ended 12 years ago, right? <laughs> it's like, dude. It ended up they lost to the finals that year to Kobe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, all right. Well, dude, it was good having you on. and for sure. um, Thanks for having me. We, uh, we appreciate you. No Eddie, uh, but Eddie comes with some, some trashy takes. Hey, much love to Eddie, <laughs> Skip Bayless 2.0. <laughs> no, it, honestly, it would have been fun to have Eddie on with you. Um, he would have given you a little bit more shit than I would, but um, it's all good. It's all good. We got to get you on before the playoffs, so. Hell yeah. Maybe we got to do like a, a four-way podcast, get Joel Brand on here. I would love to call uh, Joel. I would <laughs> talk so much shit that one podcast just because Joel is on. I, my takes here would be ridiculous. There we go. <laughs> um, and Clippers, Bucks, finals, who do you have? The Bucks. The Bucks. Woo! You're on, you're, on the, take. you're on the Milwaukee bandwagon. I think Giannis is going to roll with the fact, because I think out of anyone, Giannis was the closest to Kobe, and I think he's going to push forward harder than anyone and surprise and bring so, the Milwaukee Bucks a ring for the first time in God knows how long. 
That's what I, hey, neighbors <laughs> to the north. I'll, 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 I'll jump on that too. All right, thank you to Marcus for having him on the podcast. If you dig what you're listening to, we are on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review us. We are also on SoundCloud. Do you still use SoundCloud? Only because Jasper Logan. Jasper Check out Logan. Jasper Logan. It Jasper is. Logan dropped two dude. new tracks. Check out his sound. Ja- Jasper Logan is what's trending right now. Jasper Logan, you can find him on Spotify. Um, we are also on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Go check us out. If you're going to go one way, you might as well make it the two way. <laughs> Marcus is making fun of me. But that's how we close it on here. Peace.